You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. to do your duty you don't remain where you are that lesson for me was you know it was um, eye-opening and it was so easy to understand because if you've done regular education at all which most of us have done you know that when you fill a class you are not in the same class with your mates am I right so when that officer did not take the step of faith he just wasn't in the same place. He, instead of becoming an officer or being an officer on whose hand the king leaned, he became an obstruction to the king. And if care had not been taken, he would have kept the king from entering into the deliverance that God had already wrought. Because when the word of the Lord came, he said it's not possible. Whereas he was positioned to be the one to discover what God had already done. Praise the Lord. And we also saw the women. The two women in that account, and we saw how they responded to the difficulties of the time. We saw that those women, the Bible says, can a mother forget her suckling child? And we saw that these women didn't forget, they remembered. But they didn't remember their children as children. They remembered them as meat. Imagine a mother thinking of the child and thinking... Chicken breast. That was what happened to them. And brothers and sisters, this morning I want to begin from there. And let us know that we are in similar times. Praise the Lord. We're in very similar times. We may not, you know, be um, physically eating our children. We may not be, you know, finding uh, doves dropping sold for this amount. But the Bible tells us, and I know the word of God is true, that in the last days, what will happen? Perilous times will come. And if it's not, or if he hasn't come in other parts of the world, for those of us who are watching online, you may be watching from some other part of the world. But for those of us in Nigeria, we know we're in perilous times. Okay? And what those women did you know, the Bible says, let him that thinks he stand, take heed, what, lest he falls. And when the Bible warns us, okay, it's not the type of warning that, you know, you experience in some areas where someone is just trying to be, you know, just play safe. No, when the word of God brings a warning or it brings a charge, remember that this is the omniscient one. Praise the Lord. He's the one who knows all things. He's the omnipotent one. He's the omnipresent one. So when he warns us, he warns us because we need to be warned. Praise the Lord. When he encourages us, he encourages us because what? We need to be encouraged. When he also makes a promise to us, he's also making it because he knows he's able to what? To do it and to bring it to pass. Okay? So this morning we're going to look at a text and then we'll come back to this um, uh, thing that I'm talking about. Come with me to Matthew 26. And we'll read verse 31 to 41. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, As shortly I say to you, that this night before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. 
And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? For the one, let's read that together. Let me hear you. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters, I feel I have a responsibility to charge the church that the times we're in is not a time to be careless or to be reckless. It's a time that we must watch and pray. For those of us who are at the throne room, we began to see that what we should be having in our time now is where righteousness becomes fashionable again. Where zeal for the Lord becomes fashionable, where what is trending is that you and I are challenging one another unto love and good works. Listen to me, brethren. The natural reaction now, or rather the natural response, is to grow cold. And we're going to look at scriptures. And you see that that is not where you want to be. Praise the Lord, somebody. That's where the enemy may want you to be. That's where the environment may want you to be. But that's not where you want to be. This is not a season that you can toy with. In the account we have here, as our Lord Jesus said to Peter, he said, watch and pray. To watch means to be observant. It means to stand sensitive. It means to, to be careful. It means to be ready. He said, do that and pray. If not... You will enter into temptation. We're talking about those two women. The truth is, if we analyze deeply, not just the physical of the actions, but if we get into analyzing the motive and the intentions and the implications of their actions, many of us may not even be so free from what they did. How many parents now don't even have time for their children? Because they have to work harder or work farther from home to be able to earn some money. And then when the children are there, attention is not given because one thing or the other is occupying. The pressures of this time will check you in every area. You will find that you're no longer responding the way you ordinarily would have responded. The times are beginning to have its effect on you. And the only way to survive these times and keep standing is if you watch and what? Pray. You see, like we've learned here, Mom Chief said, prayer is not for the strong. Prayer is for those who understand what is going on. If you have understanding of what is going on, you will pray. Spirituality is not a choice you make. It's not to favor your father or your mother or your pastor. Being spiritual is essential. I may have to go ahead of myself, but it's all right if I do that. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, 9, 9, 10, 11, the Bible tells us of the Apostle John. The Apostle John, the Bible says he was banished into the island of Patmos for the word of God. He was sent to prison. It was, uh, what was it called? Um, solitary confinement, solitary expelment this time now. And the Bible says he was there. And then the next thing they tell us is that he was in the spirit. So John was in the island of Patmos, physically, praise the Lord. He was on that island. But look at the next verse. Verse 10 says, the same John, what happened? He says, but I, John, was also what? Was in the spirit. That's how come he could remain in tune with what God was doing. Now, if you read further down verse 11, you see what happens there. He saw the Lord. The Lord was there. The Lord did not evacuate him from the island why because when he was in the spirit he could see that all these things are temporal is someone with me if you don't get in the spirit you will be overwhelmed that's what i'm trying to say if you don't get in the spirit you'll be overcome if you don't get in the spirit you will not survive 
I think our brother was talking, I don't know whether it was Wednesday or the throne room. He says, if these days are not shortened, even the elect will not make it. As you listen to me, I want you to look at your life. The changes that have happened. Maybe we even just go back to COVID. Or maybe we'll go back since Buhari's government. How you have changed. Your kindness, your patience, your generosity. You've been changing. Because the pressures have been coming on you. And this morning we want to see what is God's provision for us. I was driving to walk to church this morning. When I saw the four queues. Can we appreciate all those who made it to church that they didn't save well for tomorrow? Because these are the days that people will save well. They won't go to church, but they will go to some other places. You know? But I mean, I'm not even talking about church now. I'm talking about getting in the spirit, watching and praying. Because what we are dealing with, what we are involved in, what is coming, the times that we are in, are real desperate times. Everywhere, the fate of men, the things men hold dear to are being exposed. Even the political scenario now. I mean, look at what is happening in the country. Some pastors tell people outrightly who to vote. Choose who you want to vote for. But for me, I've told you here, my matter is before even the election. Nigeria needs divine intervention today. Because the way these people are going, there might not be people alive to even vote. We need God to bring peace to quench this violence that is occurring all over the nation. If you watch the news, you know, if you listen to the news, what I do most times is that I put it on, on mute and then I just read so that I pick the important things. What you just see is 35. And once you see 35, you're going to see kill. So they, I don't know whether it's right to pray that type of prayer. But when I now see it, I say let it not even be in Nigeria. But most times I'm, I'm, not, I'm disappointed. And it keeps happening. And then there's no response. The election is secondary for me. The politics are secondary. But talking about the politics, you can see the hearts of men. That men don't even want deliverance. They want the place of their comfort. And what I want to say to such people is this. I know because of your house rent and your school fees and some other things, you may need to support some criminals, some you know, gangsters and all kinds of people because you're working for them. But consider you're working where they produce caskets. You don't want to be a customer to your product. People work for Benson and Hedges. They don't smoke. You don't have to. Is someone listening to me? Take it that you're working. The man who produces caskets, does he want to patronize his business? So you're eating from there, but don't promote it. Take it as labor, honest labor. You're not a thief. And pray to God to make a way for you. Are you hearing me? Don't open your mouth and speak things that your generation after will ask you questions. How could this opportunity have come and you took a stand here? You tell them it's because you wanted to pay their school fees. They say we, we would have been better illiterates. Is someone hearing me? But pressures on people, respectable people and all kinds of people. But it's all right. If you and I don't take time, we are going to also get under. Even, you know, some persons now, people of faith, are almost, you know, twisting the scriptures to be able to defend a stand that is indefensible. All I'm trying to awaken us to, you know, as we go into our meditation this morning, is that these are what? Perilous times. And if you will come with me to 2 Timothy 3, please. Let's see what the Bible says. 2 Timothy 3 verse from verse 1. I'd like you to read with me, please. Because it's talking to me. And I, I like the way this passage starts. It says, but what? It says, know it. It says, know this. So it is assured that in the last days, what is going to happen? Perilous times will come. What will be the definition? What is going to be? How will these perilous times be known? Let's see what it says. Go to two. Two says what? He said, for men will be lovers of them, lovers of what? Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, hurting, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Have you met anybody like that? Do you know people like that in your neighborhood, in your place of work, as your social media friends? People who have no regard for anything holy. We have passed the time now, or rather, yes, we've gotten into the time. It's been a while where the nation, the people in Nigeria, all they just want to do is attack the church. If the road is bad, they attack the church. If rain falls, they attack the church. If rain doesn't fall, they attack the church. Unholy. You know, because for some time now, I've been, you know, uh, very soon we'll be getting to almost 30 years of being born again. Okay? And even though I think after, after I got born again, I still went to nightclub. But in my mind, I didn't know nightclub still operated. Do you understand? But people are not worried about the, what they do in darkness. They are not critiquing and challenging, you know, the evil out there directly. It is church that they are attacking, but it's a sign of the time. Are you getting me? So the searchlight, why? Because you see, the devil understands that the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. He understands that we are the salt and the light. So he is doing what he's doing as the devil. But remember, God says concerning him, he says, submit to God resist the devil so when such attacks come the question should be have we submitted to god and that's where we can't claim innocence because we have not totally as we're going to see so we we look at this passage now and it says this is going to be the nature the character the manifestations of men in the last days they are going to be lovers that's what we saw with those women those mothers became lovers of themselves and looked at their children as, you know, bread to be eaten. It was pressure that made them do that. And a lot of people justify some things they do. And you just wonder, sometimes I look at those people and I pray for their children. Do you understand? I pray for, I'm serious. Because I know, let me tell you myself now. If my father and mother had been in some particular way, maybe, I don't know, which one would I have been now? Is it a kidnapper, bandit, bandit? Do you understand? You see, listen, how can you have a father that will say this today? And they give him money here. He goes and says this. And then they give him money here. He says, and as a child, you're looking at your father. In your four years of, three years of living, your father is saying seven different things because they give him money. You have to pray for the seed of those people. Because that child cannot be normal. It's creating some, some mental imbalance in them. Do you get what I'm talking about? Your father, your parents are your your examples. You look up to them. And then you see the person you're looking up to. And he's lying. You know how lie looks in the mouth of an elder? When children lie, we just spank them. Stop telling lies. It's no good. When a bearded man, an aged man is lying. (laughs) There is Wahala. (laughs) Do you understand? And it's just, come on, denying things they said and affirming, saying what they don't mean. It is a crisis. Praise the Lord. So these things are there. Now, verse 5 of that 2 Timothy 3, where we, the one which concerns us. It says, in this time, what is going to happen? It says, there's going to be people who have, in fact, a lot of these people listed here, are going to have it. He said these people have what? A form of what? Godliness, but deny its power. Now, I've also noticed, you know, that many Christians, you know, quite a few, let me not say many, quite a few Christians, whenever they hear power, they want to raise the dead, they want to raise the dead. Don't worry, resurrection morning, everyone who died in Christ will be raised. Are you listening to me? Whenever they hear power, they say, let the lame walk. They, they are prosthetic legs now to give some people leg. Do you understand? That power still God uses it for evangelism, for signs and wonders, for confirmation. But the power every Christian should concern themselves with, they are not concerned with it. You know what that power is? The power of a transformed life in spite of circumstance. The power, our Lord Jesus Christ said, watch and pray lest you fall into or enter into temptation. Is the power not to enter into temptation? Is the power a wife will have and no matter what the husband does, he does not change her Christian testimony. 
is the power a boy will have. No matter the friends he has, it does not change his testimony. Why? He has power. What is powerful? Power is to accomplish work. Power is what makes a hot place get cold because there is power AC. Power does not adjust to the environment. Power decides this is what I want to be. That's what power is about. So everybody is doing it. Power means I won't do it. Everybody is getting mean. Power means I love more. I get in what we are talking about. We live in a time where morality and all of that is good. You cannot separate morality from Christianity. Let nobody deceive you. For by grace you have been saved, right? Through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8. Then go to 10. It says, for you are created in Christ's word. Unto good, which God will do what? Prepared beforehand. The reason God is saving you is because he called you to be holy. Now, we are not holy and then he saves us. He saves us unto holiness. When he saves us, the power of God that comes into us, takes us and stands us up and says you can be holy. Listen, when I tell you these things, I'm, I know where I'm coming from. When I got born again, you see, some of us think we're into things. The way I liked, it, it might seem simple to you, but the way I liked rap music, how many of us used to like, I, I moved from different ones. You know, as the stage, it was jazz. You know, when you're in secondary school, different things are raining that you don't know. It was jazz. Then it went to, I don't think I ever did reggae. Jazz. There was a time it was fella. All kinds of things. But at the time I got born again, it was rap music. And I didn't understand how somebody cannot listen to rap. You're looking at me now. Oh, yes. I didn't understand it because I lived in Lagos then. And if you've lived in Lagos, there's a lot of traffic. So when I'm in the car, you see, why the molars and all the things are happening, you know, shoo, 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 shoo. Then the rap music is just giving you some rhythm, you know. You're just shaking your head. Two hours in traffic, you're just, you go just they shake your head. Three hours, four hours, you go just they shake your head. So when my colleague told me, you know, one time that, you know, he just, just sipped it in. That, you know, very soon you won't listen to that music. In my mind, I said, that one, as per that one. Don't go there. You see, listen, power. You're taking alcohol. Do you, are you proud of it? You know, people have argued Jesus turned water into wine. Did they tell you the people got drunk? People say it wasn't into juice. No, but did, what did they tell you? They said this wine is not the type. You see, the Holy Spirit leaves ways for those who want truth. He said this wine is not common. So if they were used to the alcoholic one, Jesus gave them the one that was sweet, but will not intoxicate. Why? Because he's the master of life. It's not the same one. They had never ex- ex- experienced. He said, this is the best. Is someone hearing me? So you, what I'm trying to say about this rap is that all of a sudden, brothers and sisters, two months, three months, I could not listen to them again. It was the same me. The traffic had not changed. Do you understand? I now started listening to, there's this song, um, the one that says, one day at a time. Yes, thank you. Sweet Jesus, you know, all I'm asking, one day, Lord, just help me to be a Christian, just one day. Let me make it to tomorrow. Then I listen to another, I say, one day. Now, so I go, they go, one day. Then there's this one that that used to sing, "Look, look a little closer. I'm not, you see, those are songs that help people to grow. He said, I'm not the person I used to be. You can't be born again and be the person you used to be. Every, the, the same joint, you still go. The same name, you still answer. The same anger, you still carry. You're denying the power. You see, we advertise people want, yeah, people fall. That's not what will change Nigeria. What will change Nigeria is that everywhere you go, people say there's something different about you. That's the power of the Bible. It says, denying the power. The power of being a witness. Say, going to all the world and be what? Witnesses. So in the case of those women, imagine if those women, something said to them, and they got, got together, and this hunger and the temptation came. They said, no, hold on, sister, hold on. And they encouraged themselves in the Lord. And said, Lord, you say, those who put their trust in you will never be put to shame. We will hold on to you. You have never failed. Do you know it was the next day that there was abundance? Because they couldn't hold on. So people are, are getting into all kinds of compromises. 
selling themselves cheap, women selling their bodies, men selling their consciences and everything there because the times are hard. If you're not a Christian, mercy, prayers will offer for you so that you become one. But if you're a Christian, no, they prepared you for it. He said, know this. In the text we read, our Lord Jesus, he said something there, which, you know, is so, so apt. He says, all of you will be made to stumble this night because of me. You see, the Christian is the most equipped person for the times we are in. You know why? We have a master who is the way, the truth, and what? The life. Let me tell you why it's important. Jesus is the truth. Part of the questions that we used to ask in new converse class. I think, you know, God wants to do some new believers teaching today. You know, if my son is crying, okay, can I tell him a little lie so that he will, I'm not answering that too. You know, just comforting the child. Okay, don't worry, mommy will buy you. You know you won't give it, but let the child, you know. Now, that question can come because we are not the truth. Jesus cannot tell you that. I'm going somewhere. Jesus is such the truth that if it is not true, you won't hear it from him. And if you heard it from him, it is what? So when he said to them here, all of you will be made to stumble. Imagine a pastor coming to his congregation and say, all of you will be made to stumble. No pastor will be able to say that because they're not the truth. But the truth will say it. He didn't hide man. He told them. You know, sometimes when people try to be nice, I, I keep addressing this thing. They don't know Jesus. When you know Jesus, you, what you want to be is truth. The only challenge is that with that truth, you have to receive grace to add love to it. So that you don't go to the extreme or that the enemy doesn't cut people off. Okay? So he said, all of you be made to stumble. The Christian is pre-warned. The Christian is equipped. The Christian is in every bit made ready for what he's going to face. So he says, you're going to be made to stumble. Okay? Now go on 32, see what happens there. But after I have what? Been raised, I'll go before you. So he said to them, just like the Bible says, the scripture says, a righteous man shall fall how many times? Seven, but he'll rise again. He was saying to them, you are also going to be raised with me. He didn't say to them after you've been raised. He said, after I've been raised. I will go before you. So I'm going to raise you with me. That's the truth again. So nobody enters into despair. Nobody says this thing is not possible. Because that's one area people genuinely, people say, but if it's not possible, why bother? But Christianity is possible. For with God, how many things? All things are possible. Christians are with God. Okay? Now look at the next thing he says now. Follow me. Thank you. No, leave Peter. Just go to 35, 36. Thank you. 36. Jesus now says, sit here while I do what? I go and pray. Our Lord Jesus said, there is danger ahead. You're going to be made to stumble. They're going to strike the shepherd. Me, I'm going to pray. Is someone with me? The response to these things are what? Prayer. The reason we don't take prayer seriously is that we don't understand where we are. That's why there is nobody here. If you hear gunshot one mile from your house, you become a prayer warrior. Trouble does not come by gunshot. Whether you know it or not, the same way oxidization happens on metal, whether you hide it or you keep it, once it's not treated, as long as what is in this world, it will be happening on it. Trials. Troubles are everywhere. They don't need sound to come. Is someone hearing me? So Jesus said, I am going to pray. Why? Because these are perilous times. This season in Nigeria is a season you must be praying. It's a season you must be in the spirit. It's a season you must be in tune with what God is saying. Why? Because you can't guarantee your response. That's what happened here now. They told Peter, trouble is coming. Trouble is coming. And Peter said, I'm too much. Let's go back to Peter. Peter said, if all are made to stumble because of you. He said, me. And me, Peter. See the way I walk now. I can't stumble. (laughs) I can't stumble. That's what Peter said. And, you know, we look at that, and that's the way many of us are. To a lot of people, you know, they won't say it openly. 
But they feel that no matter what happens in this country, they're immune. May we never get to the time where the road between your house and the airport will be a difficult road to go. People are relying on visa and ticket. <laughs> they are relying on bank savings. Bank doesn't, can refuse to open. You're relying, you'll call this person. Network can be shut off. Our brother went to, was in Mali. Where, where was they recently? I think it was Mali. And he said as he landed, they cut off all network. He was part of either African Union or United Nations delegation. They cut off all network. Everybody went back to, you know, uh, um, medieval times. That's the person who had sword and had knife, became the strongest one. No network. Who are you calling? Peter said, I've made plans. I will not stumble. Now, you know, you read the Bible and you see some things there. Jesus said, all of you are made to stumble. And it was predicted in the Old Testament. He said, they strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But when Peter refused to take heed to the warning of the word of God, another thing was added to scripture that was not there. He says, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. It was not there before. When Jesus spoke initially, he didn't say all of you will be made to stumble. But you, Peter. But when Peter heard the truth, and instead of adjusting to prepare himself, you know, you see, the privilege of prayer, I don't know. I, what, what I said, our, our theme is watch and pray. And that's what I want, I trust the Holy Spirit to communicate with you. The privilege of prayer is not what somebody can really tell you, do, 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 do. But when you get understanding, I've told us here, if you don't know what to pray, it's because you're not serious about anything. You, yeah, oh, prayer. Say, Lord, help me. Let my eye not see what my mind cannot forget. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, let's leave that. Peter hears all of you will be made to stumble. Sorry, all of you made to stumble. What should be his response? He said, Lord, please help me. But what did Peter say? He said, I don't need help. I will not stumble. And then the word now came, says, you, Peter, not all of them, will deny me three times. Now, our Lord Jesus was saying this to us because in every day of our lives, the mercy of God will pre-warn us. And like we learned last Sunday, the Holy Spirit will be waiting to walk together with us so that we do not fall into temptation. But rather, we overcome temptation. Why? Because prayer is God's provision for children, his children, to walk in this world and not be overcome. Our Lord Jesus praying did not say to the Father, snatch us out of this world. You know, he didn't say that. What did he say? He said, keep them from the evil one. How are we kept? Watching and prayer. Obedience. Simple yieldedness to the word of God and to the ways of God. Following God. So, because of this, our Lord Jesus says, men ought always to pray and what? And not to faint. He said, every time you have need of prayer, as long as you're a Christian, because the demands and the expectations of our call, we can't do it in our strength. No, you can't love the way God wants you to love in your strength. You can't forgive the way God, you should, you should forgive in your strength. It's not possible. So men ought always to pray. You can't do business. You can't contentment. You can't have contentment without the help of God. We hear of someone steal 80 billion. And I heard the second one. Oh, that second one is not true. Sorry? So it's about 160 billion. Now look at it. The man is sick. But I mean, let, let's leave all those people. But what about us in our own little situation? These are things prayer it says men ought always to pray. Prayer is what brings in the help of God. Brings in the intervention of the kingdom to which we belong. Prayer is the assistance this embassy gets from the home country. When we pray, we are saying to our home country, this is where we are. There is danger. I'm finding it difficult keeping my head afloat. Send me help. That's what Jesus was telling Peter and the disciples about. This is the season we're going. Me now, Jesus. That's so touching. He is praying. Jesus had to pray. Peter said, I don't need to pray. In fact, Jesus said, come with me. Come and help me. Stand with me in prayer. He called Peter. He called James. He called John. 
He said, come and stand with me. Why? The thing I'm facing, I need help. So Jesus began to pray to the Father and said to the Father, this cup, if I really had my way, I would what? I wouldn't drink it. But if it must be done, Lord, let your will be done. What he was doing there, he was receiving, you know, help. He was surrendering to the will above. And that is what it takes to live a powerful Christian life. You see, the Christian that is living this thing right is not a champion. He's just someone who understands his frailty. He's just someone who appreciates his need and his, understands his circumstances. In Igbo, there's something they say, Nkocha, Aburojo. That it means caution is not fear. You see, this, this, the real Christian knows that there are some things I can't talk, talk, you know, toy with. There are some things I just can't stand. You know, there, there are some things I just can't face. So they say, come and do this. He say, wait. What are you saying, wait? Not that you put perfume. You go back and pray. Say, Lord, these people have said I'll come and submit this proposal. Lord, my eyes are on you. I know I've done all the documentation and everything. But Lord, let your Holy Spirit give me your utterance. Grant me favor. You do that and you come and you're smiling. What you have communicated is that you're standing here as a citizen of another kingdom. Is someone getting me? The same way another person will come there and because his uncle is the Pamsek and all of that, he's also going to come and stand and stand as someone who has connection. Everybody from their kingdom. But what betide you if your own kingdom is not backing you up? Do you understand? Everybody is getting back up from somewhere. So you wonder what is giving us confidence? Why? How can't we? Why are we not zealous? For this kingdom. Why are we not passionate in this kingdom? First Peter 4, 7. Let's see what Peter's advice became to us now after his experience. This is what Peter says. He says, but the end of all things is what? Are you with me? Help me now. The end of all things is what? Therefore what? And what? In your prayer. Who is talking? Talk about talking from experience. Talk about talking from experience. Peter now is saying, I'm telling you guys, if you don't pray, Peter was watching his mouth. Say, I've never seen Jesus. What's his name? What does this sound? How does this sound? He said, Jigini. That's what Peter was saying. And he was looking at Peter, denying Jesus. He couldn't believe it. That's why I said, please be, what prayer crying to God would have helped him do? Listen, brothers and sisters, what we do here to some might be religion. You come, you wear nice clothes, you sing, you clap and go. But I tell you, the faith we are involved in is a faith with foundations. It's a faith that has transforming power. It's a faith that raises the morally dead and raises the spiritually dead and raises the physically dead, all of them as the Spirit of God wills. It's a faith that brings a turnaround in any situation. It's a faith that in any dark situation, the light of it cannot be quenched. Nigeria is going through a dark time. You know, um, my wife was telling me about someone she was speaking to. And the person said he buys one meal and eats it three times. And I know the quantity of that meal is not that much. And eats it three times because he has to, you know, manage his resources. The temptation to evil in our time now, is too much. And not just those who don't have. Those who have, the fear of losing what they have is also spurring them on. You know the thing about these things that they're very spiritual. Someone say, oh Lord, if I can just get this, and then they get this, the devil just blow what they got. <laughs> that one has gone. In their prayer, they, you won't hear, oh Lord, I thank you for this thing that if I said, if I can just get. Lord, you are wonderful. Lord, I bless you. The next prayer will be, oh Lord, <laughs> if I can get this on top of this, it's spiritual. Because sometimes you look at yourself and you wonder, hallelujah. I'm telling you, you know, my wife, I hope she knows this. But there's a time I just said, if I can just marry this woman, eh? oh Lord, just let her be my wife. She said her own openly. She said to me, if we marry, even if it's in the village, she stop forgetting that thing you said. She told me, she said, if we marry, even if we are going to live in your village, I'm okay. She does, she wants to live in Canada now and all kinds. And I said to God, if you just give me this woman, 
No, nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. <laughs> okay? It's spiritual because once that thing is done, all of a sudden you forget it. How many things are there that we have said justice? What I'm trying to say is this. The discontent and the dissatisfaction is too strong. You're here. You want this problem solved. It's solved. And then the next thing you want another one. The next thing you want another one. The next thing you want another one. And in the middle of all that, there's something the enemy is working on. And that is what we read. It said men will become lovers of themselves. Now, love is like, uh, how, do I, how, do, how do I explain love now? In this sense now, love is like a flashlight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Love is like a flashlight. The moment you love something else, you have taken the focus of that flashlight out of something else. Now, the one and most important commandment of the book is what? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God one with all thy heart, with all thy soul. The moment you love something else, you have ceased to love God. And that begins to create a multiplicity of problems. And that's where the whole thing is going about. Because in this season, someone will listen to me and say, what's this man talking about? Won't I survive? That's the issue. You will survive. But how you survive is what we are talking about. We are talking about we have a father who has promised to keep you. We are talking about you are a child of God. There are some things you can't do. And you see, when we say these things, we have record of scriptures that it works. Praise the Lord. It works. How difficult can it be for a Joseph in Egypt as a slave? But what were his choices? What were his choices? What were his responses to trials and temptation? Or even how difficult could it be for David? David, so close to being king. David had been in the palace. He had eaten on the king's table. He had been promised kingship. You know, he had been ordained by the prophet that ordained so. And all of a sudden, he finds himself running, you know, Hiding from one cave to the other. Listen, if David did not understand, that's why we have the book of Psalms recorded. If David did not draw from divine help, his story would not have been the way it ended. But continually, David was drawing on source, help from above, help from above. And he was also subjecting himself to the constraints from above. That's how come up to today, we call David. Because he was a man who had a form of godliness and made use of its power. Children of God, what I've come to tell you is this. Christianity has power. You pray. Now prayer we go chop. You know, uh, um, some people have started saying, the church has prayed enough. You can never pray enough. No, you can't pray enough. Prayer is our help. It's like saying, how many of us know the account? I think it's Exodus 17 or 18, when the children of Israel went to fight with the Amalekites. And the Bible said Joshua was in the valley fighting them, right? And Moses was where? On the, hill, on the hilltop, okay? Imagine if Moses said, I raised my hand enough. You know what will happen? Immediately, they'll wipe them off on the... You can't stop prayer. Actions are necessary, but you can never stop prayer. And the other issue should be, even the prayer we're praying, what are we praying? Listen. Any prayer that does not begin and end with this. Our Father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. And end with what? Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Every other thing is permissive. Are you with me? Number one of prayer, hallowed be thy name. The conclusion is what? Thine is what? The kingdom. It means that it is to you, Lord, to do with me. Play me as you would in this situation. Any moment you reverse it. You step out of, you know, prayer according to God's will. Are you with me? Okay. So the Bible says, Peter says, this is what I'm advising you. The end of all things at hand, be serious and watchful in your prayers. I, I want us to go back to this um, uh, Second Timothy 3. And then from there, we're going to go to another scripture, Romans 8.31. And we'll see that what is written here is the pressure of the times is going to begin to bring out some things in us. And every of these things is going to bring out is explained by one fundamental thing that men become separated from the love of God. Come with me to Romans 8.31. And this is what the Bible is saying now. Just like, you know, it's answering us in this time. It said, what shall we say to this first guy? What shall we say to this violence? What shall we say to insecurity, to economic hardship? 
What shall we say to, you know, the, the stress and harassment of marriages and all of that? What shall we say to issues of school fees, unemployment, and, you know, all of that? What does it say we should say? If God would, who can be? Do you believe that? I want you to say that for yourself. If God is for me, who can be against me? Times are hard. Different things are happening. But if God is for me, who can be against me? Now, and he goes on. Verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also what? Freely give us all things. We're going to come back to that. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us. 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Thank you, Jesus. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's look at this text, see what it's saying to us there. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness to us also of the things that will happen in these times. See, these are the things that are going to happen. Tribulation, distress, persecution. Famine, nakedness, peril, sword. All of these things. And then he says in verse 37. He says, yet. Let me say yet. In all these things we are what? Because what happened? Because Jesus has loved us. Notice. I want you to follow the Bible. It didn't say in all these things we are more than conquerors because he didn't touch us. No. That's not what he's saying. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who what? Who loved us? Now, if you go back the part I said we shouldn't read. We'll go back a few verses. And we say 32. Look at 32 now. 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also what? Freely give us all things. Now, a few weeks ago, we learned here that faith is not futuristic. My, I don't have faith in the future. I have faith in what God has done and I have confidence in the manifestation in the future. Is someone hearing me? I don't go to cross a bridge because they will build a bridge. I cross a bridge because for years before then, they had what? Build a bridge. Faith in God is what God has done. That's what the Holy Spirit is telling us here. It says this God you're dealing with is the God that did not spare his own son, but what? He gave him up freely for you. Now he says, if... Or since he did that. He said, how shall he what? Not with him also what? Freely give us all things. So, when the Bible says, I am more than a conqueror in every situation. It's telling me to remember that before I got into the situation, God had loved me. Are you with me? Before I knew about the situation, God knew. And he weighed it with this person that he loves. Can he bear it? Are you with me? Okay. I heard the story of some lady that the child was in school and was having some academic challenges. So they invited the lady and they said to the lady, for your child to continue, your child has to score 90, over 90% or 95% for the rest of the term. The lady said to them, you people, if you want to say something to me, say, this child cannot score 90-something. Eh? Even me, I did not score 90-something. Do you understand? This child is not a 90-something child. So, if you want to ex sack, uh, expel, I'll be expelled. Don't just play while you're here and collect school fees. Jesus knows what you can bear. We are more than conquerors through him that what? Loved us and gave himself. So, he has invested in you. And situations are coming. Challenges are coming. He will, look, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what he can bear. If he has made no provision for that 
for you to go through it successfully. He will not allow you to come. And the provision he has made is that you watch and pray. The provision he made is that you will call upon the name of the Lord. The provision that he's made is that you will draw out from the flesh. You withdraw from carnality. Do you understand? I heard, I don't know, I don't know if it's true. They're not doing Big Brother this year, B. Eh? They've done it already. Eh? They're doing audition. So people can still watch Big Brother with the tr- trouble we have in Nigeria. You see, they're not serious. That's what I'm trying to say. If we are talking for scarcity and you can sit down and be watching people bathing, then you should go from square scarcity to, to air scarcity. Because you have no reason. What are you doing? If you have time for some nonsense, you have not, you're, you're not serious at all. Is someone getting what I'm talking? He knows the tri- trials will come, but he's made provision. Be strong in the Lord. He didn't say sleep. And in the power of his might. Why? Because he knows that if you do that, you will overcome. Oh, they're still doing that thing. They're not taking us. They know, they know people are not serious. To watch it, you have to pay DSTV subscription. 12,000, 13,000, 14,000, 24,000. Eh? You have to put generators. And you say they should take such people serious. And then you have to sit down. You're not reading. You're not writing application. You're not writing project. Let me see any face here that will watch it this year. You will see me appear in that your house. You see breaking anointing, break television, break everything. <laughs> it says, we are more than conquerors through him. So, I'm in this situation now. And God is not talking about the things that are surrounding me. He's telling me about what he's done before. Now, let me tell you how it connects. Now, let's go back now. Go back to, go to the questions that he asked. That is it, 35. Let's read the first line. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Hold on. Now, when the Bible wants to give us homework to do, it gives us words in particular ways. Look at what he said there. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Notice it didn't say who shall separate us from the love that Christ has for us. Okay. He didn't also say who shall separate us from. How many of us have read that passage and wonder what's this saying? Which one is he talking about? Which of the love is he talking about? You've not wondered it before. Okay. Now this is what is happening there. He's saying that this tribulation, this distress, persecution, famine, naked, all of that is to severe you. Are you with me? It's to severe you from that love of Christ. Now, in the same passage, they told us that Christ loved us so much that he gave his life for us. So, his love cannot be reversed. That's why I was talking about faith. So, concerning the love God has for me, there is no going back. Is someone answering? Follow me. The Bible says, and God demonstrated his love towards me. That what? While I was yet a sinner, what? Christ died for me. So, no matter what I go through, I cannot turn to God and say, do you love me? I know he loves me. When I look at the cross, I know he loves me. Is someone with me? He loves me. It's irreversible. The demonstration is there. So the Bible reminds us in that passage that he has loved you and given his son for us. So that one is settled. What's the other love there? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation. The question is now is this. In tribulation, will you stop loving him? Last Sunday, we learned that all these things come so that we say God is not there. Today, we're learning as small, serious Christians. Now, today, we're learning that all these things are coming. Will Ahmed stop loving Jesus? Will she say, ah, I know go kill myself. I cannot come and go and kill myself. Will she say that? Is she going to say, uh, but uh, uh, after all, I'm getting to 70 years and my body is doing me somehow. Is she going to say that? Or will I love for Christ? These are the things. It says, we are, this is what gives us victory. So the first one, the most important one, is that he loves me. Okay? So I look back. He's loving me. The other one is, will I keep loving him? You know why? Because communication is two ways. So he's loving you. If you're not loving him, 
He'll be reaching out his hand, but you won't put your hand back. So the love for Christ is what's going to make tribulation mean nothing. It's what's going to make distress mean nothing. It's what is going to make nakedness mean nothing. Has anyone here been in love before? See the way people are looking at me. Eh? You're looking very guilty, even though you're trying to keep your face straight. Do you understand? You see, when you love him, there's a song that they sing. It say, uh, the rain beat me. It beat me, but it didn't hurt me. Why? Because I'm following Jesus. When you love him, famine won't mean anything. Nakedness won't mean anything. Shame won't mean anything. Why? Because you're in a relationship. You're, you're in love with him. It immediately begins to make nonsense of everything. So the voices of people telling you, you don't have this, or you don't have that, or this is that, or that is that. You don't hear it again. He loves you, and you love him. It keeps you through. It gives you joy. It gives you strength. It stabilizes you. It gives you a reason to hold on. It helps you press on. Now, the one I want to conclude with is the third part of this love. So there is love from him and love for him. And you know what love for him simply means? If you love me, you will do what? Obey my commandments. It's simply obedience. You obey him. That's what it is. So nobody, you know, I mean, you still, you know, be emotional, you know, feel like this and sing songs and cry. But the main thing he says, he didn't say, if you love me, cry for me. He said, if you love me, obey. Okay. So love from him, it's established. Love for him, how do we make it through these seasons? The last one is where I want to conclude. And that's where, you know, I think he gets it. He said, love because of him. Let me say love because of him. Now, this is where it, can, it comes in now. Those two women, the pressure of the time brought the highest form of selfishness and insensitivity out of them. And the, the, the way the Lord was ministering it to me, he said, I, I've been in cell once. When you go to the police cell, okay, I've not crossed to prison. I was in cell for a few hours. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> what you have in police cell is people who, you know, for different reasons, I was there because not that I refused to give bribe. The taxi that I was in, I refused to allow him give bribe. I was newly born again then, so I said no. <laughs> Even though now what I would have done is maybe I would have harassed the policeman, don't take bribe, and dashed him money. Because if you know how much those people earn, you will dash their money. That's the truth. Okay? So anyway, I was there. And I saw the hatred. You see, what makes cell terrible is not that people are confined in a small place. Because in those days when we used to go to parties, if you have a party and people are filled like that, you say the party did what? Rocked. The difference is that when people are in a party and there are men in a, you know, crowd the room, they are happy with one another. Now, when people are in a cell and there are many in a crowded room, they hate one another. Hate, hatred, lack of love makes any environment painful. It makes a painful environment more painful. That's why we have to be careful as a nation that we don't get into dog-eat-dog. You and I must become evangelists of good and kindness. Let me tell you some of the things I've learned to do now. You know, that are not even financial. So you don't have to have money. Greet people well. Greet the gate man. Tell him thank you. There are some people I say thank you. They, they, they wonder, did they hear? And I say thank you. God bless you. At the toe. You say, because everybody's coming. The person brings out money to people. The fight, you know, he just killed eight hours for four. Now he's going to pay toll. He's, uh, you know, transferring the aggression on the poor man that doesn't even have a car. You just bring out the money. He gives you, you just drive off. But you can bring out the money and say, God bless you. The man wonder what happened. You can be a vessel through which Christ will love. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And he says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? The verse 39 repeats the same thing. He says, what shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Why? Because all that pressure. Listen, the devil, the devil attacked Job, attacked Job, attacked Job. He was not jumping that Job was sick. He was not jumping that Job was poor. He was not jumping that his student died. He was angry that Job did not curse God. All he wanted was to separate Job from the love of Christ. That's where the whole thing is going to. I've told you here, when we're growing up, 
we had a neighbor, very, you know, old woman. I'm sure then she might have been maybe 70s, but she looked to us then like 100 years, you know. She was living in one tiny place, you know, a, a neighbor, neighbor's boy squatters, boy squatter, boy squatter, boy squatter. And this woman, I don't know how one of us, I'm the last of many brothers, so there are a lot of discoveries I made, I enter into it. I don't know how they discovered this woman's egusi. Listen to me. That egusi must be very cheap. But there is a love that she used to cook it with. That sometimes we'll just go and queue in her house. That if her parents caught us, they'll beat us very well. <laughs> you know? But this old woman was just loving. Do you understand? We'll just go and eat her egusi that was cooked with love. Is someone understanding what I'm saying? You see, love will make bitter things sweet. It will make painful situations sweet. It says, who shall accept? What is going to make you to stop loving? Who will separate you? What is going to disconnect you from love? We have a command. We have the love. We have Jesus. He says, love them as I have what? Loved you. He sent us out. So someone do, does this, does this. Immediately. You just bring, the person says, you know, one thing. Then you give him ten in return. He says our Lord Jesus, when he was reviled, he said he didn't even revile in return. Rather, he blessed. That's the challenge. So famine, still love. As much as it's within your power, share. Are you with me? Be kind. Be forgiving. Be accommodating. Be considerate. Just don't allow it getting you. You know, the, the way the Spirit of God was helping me on this, it says when it says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. It said it's like, take it that temptation is the water, and you're a sheep. It said, just don't let the water get in you. Are you with me? Because the rising of the water has nothing on the sheep once it doesn't get inside it. So let the world become what it is, but just keep loving. Keep trusting in the love God has for you. Keep giving him your love back. And then keep making sure that somebody will go home that day. I'm wondering, I never seen this kind of woman before. I never seen this kind of man. He loved me. He, he was kind to me. I didn't know him from anywhere. You know what you do immediately? You begin to cancel out the impact of famine. You begin to cancel out the impact of persecution. You begin to cancel it out. All of a sudden, there is joy. Unspeakable joy without reason. Why? Because you have brought the kingdom in that environment. Let's rise on our feet. So watch and pray for opportunities. Refusing to get under. So that when the enemy looks at you, he will regret bringing trouble on you. That's what happened with Joseph. Joseph was secure in the love God had for him. And he kept on loving God. And when he got into prison, he loved by Jesus. He went to prisoners and started loving them with the love that Christ had loved him. At that moment, they said, there is no, no reason testing this boy again. Let's give him his promotion. You are an overcomer. I want you to raise your voice to the Lord. Ask him, strengthen me in those three areas. In this season, let me be secure in the love that you have for me. Let me be secure in the love that you demonstrated when you laid your life down for me. Let me be assured that the God who did not withhold his son Jesus, you took those stripes on your back for me. Why, what can't you, what won't you do? What can't you do for me? What won't you do for me? Somebody's listening to me now. And the enemy has told you, you are abandoned, you're forsaken. The devil is a liar. God who did that for you, what will he not do for you? What good thing shall he withhold from you, sir? Brother, what good thing? Is it healing? He said, with his stripes you have been healed. Is it provision? He makes a way where there is no way. He's God. What won't you do if he has given his son for you? So thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Banish fear. Cast away every imagination. God will keep. God will protect. You will finish your race. Listen, the child of God is in God's hands. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, they run into it and they are safe. We are in God's hands. Our times are in his hands. The passage we read said Jesus took Peter, James and John to go and pray. James 
was beheaded. It was part of God's will. Peter was caught and angels went and released him. John lived until the book of Revelation. Let God's will be done, but my times are not in men's hands. I settle it tonight. You're not afraid. The mighty one keeps you. Then begin to tell him, Lord, I receive the grace to love you. Grace to love you. Let nothing separate me. Let nothing keep me from loving you. I will pursue after you. I will obey you. I will delight myself in your ways. Help me, O Lord. And then the last part, Lord, let your light shine through me. And you can make that prayer. Begin it at the lowest level. Let my husband, let my wife know the love of God. Let my parents, let me love them. Let my colleagues, let my business associates, let my neighbors, let everyone I come in contact with. Lord, let me dissipate the love. Your word says we diffuse the fragrance of Christ in every place. Lord, help me. Let me be like a stranger to the times that we are in. I will not grow cold. I will not become unloving. Brethren, let's get ready for the communion. So that strength we will draw. Enablement will receive. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.